Hello and welcome to the Conservative Crusader. My name is GOP Josh. Thank you for tuning in today. You know, we got we got some new gear. We got some elections to to, to look at. We have a lot to we have a lot to do today. We have a lot to talk about. Very excited for today's episode. Yeah, I'm just very excited. So first off, I want to give some applause to me for figuring out how to set up something on myself. Get there's some applause. And I can do that all with the press of a button. With the Roadcaster Pro, not even sponsored. I'm just very excited to have it. This also means we can start taking some phone calls. So we may be having some guests on pretty soon. Who, who, not, not, not speculating anything. Just saying, very, it might, it might, might, might happen. It might happen. Uh, no guarantees, but it might happen. What did happen is a Republican won the state of Virginia. A Republican won the state of Virginia, folks. This is not a drill. This is not a drill. I'm so excited. We're giving some applause for Mr. Youngkin in Virginia. With a two-point margin of victory. Barely a two-point margin of victory. Flipping the state by over 12 points. The next governor, the the 74th governor of Virginia, Glenn Youngkin, a Republican business owner, millionaire, the American dream. Flipping the state by 12.23 points. Can you believe it? Can you believe that the people of Virginia who elected Joe Biden by 10 points Elected Glenn Youngkin. Glenn Youngkin, a Republican. Biden carried the state by 54 points. Terry McAuliffe got just over 48 and a half. About five and a half point difference between the two. Donald Trump had 44%. Glenn Youngkin had 50.73%. About a 6.73% difference increase for Glenn Youngkin. If this doesn't tell you that people are upset with Joe Biden, I honestly don't know it will. A 12.23% difference between Glenn Youngkin and, or between 2020 and 2021 in Virginia. Am I the only one who finds that insane? I mean, I know I'm just kind of repeating myself here, but Glenn Youngkin, a Republican endorsed by Trump with Trump sending out statements for him, won the state of Virginia in 2021. A state that Joe Biden carried by 10 or 10.1 points. I'm, I'm extremely amazed. And I think this says something about blue states. A little less than, than the state we're going to talk about next, but this says a lot about blue states. Republicans can carry them with the right candidates, with the right policies, and with the right circumstances. And, and obviously that was going to happen either way. If a Republican had the best circumstances in the world, he'd win 530 electoral votes. 535. Because I'm, I don't think D.C. will go red in its entire life, its entire existence. But if we have... A school board that allows a child to get raped in the bathroom. 
not saying this should happen more often, just saying, if we have school boards trying to implement critical race theory, if we have all these culture war issues that the left runs from and we can punch the left on these culture war issues, we can keep saying these issues, these issues, these issues, we're going to win, as Glenn Youngkin did. He ran a perfect campaign. Depending on the way he governs in the next three years, or I guess he probably won't get sworn in until January, so that two years, he could be a, a a very large contender for a presidential run here in the future. His campaign was perfect. He's a very conservative person. He's pretty traditionalist. He's anti-gay marriage. Not that he's gonna he's not gonna legislate based on his thoughts, but he is anti-gay marriage. He is uh, he's very conservative. He's anti-abortion, and this is legislation that he could pass. And I, I've tried to avoid talking about this race because I don't want someone to see the name Glenn Youngkin in the in the little show notes, a, a liberal, and take my words out of context saying the children are even saying that uh, Glenn Youngkin is going to be this radical and we can't, uh, it, you can't, this and that. So I, I avoid saying this, but now that he's elected, I can say whatever I want. I can say whatever I want whenever I can, but or whenever I want to, but you know what I'm trying to say. Glenn Youngkin, the campaign he ran, being able to flip Virginia by 12% is extremely awesome. It's extremely amazing, to be honest. Glenn Youngkin is the next governor of Virginia. His lieutenant governor is the first woman and the first black woman to become governor or lieutenant governor, and his attorney general is the first Latino to become attorney general. We're winning the equality, which equality is a big deal, but uh, diverse politics, identity politics is not a, is not a priority. But we're winning an identity politics in Virginia. We're winning with a very conservative governor in Virginia. We're winning almost in New Jersey. We're winning with $153, which is a million dollars in New Jersey. We'll get into that here in a minute. This is the perfect environment. This is the environment we need for a red wave. This is the environment we need in order for Republicans to win bigly. Bigly. And I'm saying that on purpose. Bigly. And we have this environment. And we have the needed environment in order to win. And, and we're going to win in the future. We're going to win here in 2022. We're going to have a Republican majority in the House. We're going to have a Republican majority in the Senate. We're going to stop Biden's radical agenda. We're going to stop his packing the court. We're going to stop everything because we're, we have such a good environment to where we can do that. And we can win. We could probably get 250 House seats. It honestly wouldn't surprise me if we walk out of 2022 with 250 House seats. And that would be tremendous. It'd be better if we could get like 300, but I know that's not going to happen. But uh, Kevin McCarthy, which I, tr- I tried to find this article on, uh, I tried to find this clip. He said, because I was watching the, the press conference, but I couldn't clip it in time. If you're in a likely Democrat seat right now, and he was talking to the House of Representatives uh, at a press conference, you're now in a competitive district. And that is so true. That is so true. Republicans... If we get out and vote like we did in just two days ago, if we get out and vote and tell – and we can 
virtue signal America, not virtue signal, but tell, tell America that conservative policies are popular, that conservative policies are fighting for the future of this country, and conservative policy is what needs to be implemented when we have when, – when they are elected, when, when we allow them to serve us in Congress. They need to implement conservative policies. And I think Glenn Youngkin will do a great job of that because we even have the Virginia House of Delegates. We have a, at least a tie in the Virginia House of Delegates. This is spectacular. This is amazing. I, I'm ecstatic. And people are saying on Twitter, oh, all these uh, right-wingers are doomers. They think we're all going to lose. No, I'm very ecstatic. I think 2021 and uh, 2022 will be a great year for the Republican Party. I'm, I'm extremely excited for it. I, 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 I'm just very happy, to be honest. You know, I, I'm, I'm very, I, I'm prepared for the future of this, of, of this country. I'm, pre- I'm prepared for the upcoming elections. I'm very prepared. I, I I'm, I'm excited. I, I'm just. I, I'm. I, I don't know how to put this. I, I'm confident that 2022 will be an extremely uh, extreme red wave. I'm confident that we will win in the future. Here in the future, I'm confident we will win, and we will have a majority. And I, if 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 our electoral history, if our elections are going to continue going the way they are now, we can do it. We can win. If we continue. On the path that we are going down now with with candidates like Glenn Youngkin, with candidates like Jack Cayetarelli in New Jersey, which we'll get into here in a minute, we can win in 2024. And I I think Trump will be our nominee in 2024 if we have a good vice president for him because he'll be 78 years old. If we if we can have a good vice president, conservative vice president for him, because obviously he's 78 years old, you never know when something's going to happen. I think. We can win in 2024. I think we can have an extreme majority, and we can pass conservative legislation in 2024. And the Senate majority leader, or the or the Senate leader in New Jersey, may just not be there anymore from the New Jersey Senate. Because I want to talk about this race before I talk about the New Jersey uh, governor race. A truck driver that spent $173 on his New Jersey election campaign is likely to dethrone a political kingpin. The man who is poised to topple one of New Jersey's most feared political kingpins has never held public law office. He has been a commercial truck driver for 25 years, and he claims to have spent a whopping $153 during the primary portion of his campaign. His name is Edward Durr and he may be on the verge of one of the most unthinkable upsets in New Jersey political history. With 98% of the vote counted, Durr, the Republican Senate candidate in the South Jersey-based 3rd Legislative District, leads New Jersey Senate President uh, Stephen Sweeney, I don't know how how I had such a hard time reading the word Stephen, by roughly 2,000 votes. Sweeney, a Democrat, is the longest-tenured Senate president in New Jersey history, having having held the post... Since 2010, he was expected to serve a seventh term in the position before launching a possible bid for governor in 2025, and I think those dreams are over. 
That was before he was taken on by a no-name challenger in Dur 58, who has miraculously knocked Sweeney on his heels in a race that was never considered to be more than an afterthought. I joked with people. I said, I'm going to shock the world. I'm going to beat this man. Durr said Wednesday. Um, Durr said Wednesday afternoon. I was saying it, but I was really kind of joking because what chance did a person like me really stand against this man? He's literally the second most powerful person in the state of New Jersey. Durr is a lifelong New Jersey resident with three kids and six grandchildren. I think six grandchildren. Announced his intention to challenge Sweeney earlier this year to Little Fanfare. In fact, a link to his campaign website brings up error codes. Most people outside of South Jersey has never even heard of him. But on the campaign trail, Durr said Republican Jack Caiaturelli, who is engaged in his own tight race for the governorship with incumbent Democratic Governor Phil Murphy, told reporters Durr was the right man to challenge Sweeney because he is fearless. I don't know if I'm truly fearless or stupid because who in their right mind would take on the person with the kind of power and clout? Durr said, chuckling, but his power, his clout, did not scare me. Durr compared his quest in challenging Sweeney to restoring a rusted, broken-down 1964 Mustang that's sitting on bold tires in his front yard. Like the car, New Jersey had good bones and a strong foundation. What what it requires now is is someone to show a little TLC. He built his bare-bones campaign at the grassroots level and walking door-to-door throughout the district wearing jeans and tennis shoes and introducing himself to voters. And adds Durr is hopping down from his commercial-grade truck or revving the engine on his motorcycle, appearing like the quintessential suburban dad, in stark contrast to Sweeney, often besuited and photographed over, lecter- uh, over lecterns in the Capitol, in the state Capitol. The Senate president has spent 20 years in Trenton, Durr said in a campaign video, higher taxes, increasing debt, and the rising cost of living. We deserve better, New Jersey. It's time for a change. And if I can find this clip, if I can find this video, I want to play it because I know I have it here. I know I have it in my recently opened tabs on my computer. If I can open every tab in the history of this computer in order to find it, here it is. I found it. I only have like 20 tabs open now, but I found it. My fans start kicking on, that's why. But I want to play this clip um, by Edward Durr. And I just realized I'm playing through the wrong audio source. Technical difficulties, folks. This is what happens when you run a one-man show here in... The good old state of Ohio in my bedroom, in my studio. Uh, it's it's the studio, and then it's the bedroom second. Because if you were to look at this, you wouldn't tell it was a bedroom besides the giant bed in the back. Uh, everything is political, and it has curtains hanging up over the windows, and I'm just trying to make small talk while this decides to load. You wouldn't be able to tell this a political, or a, a bedroom, if there wasn't for a bed, to be completely honest. Alright, and this should be able to play now. Let's try this out. Let's just play it. I don't know how loud it'll be. Let's find out. Hello, my name is Edward Thur. I'm running for New Jersey. Sorry, that was a little town. loud. I've lived here all my life, raising my three kids. Now he's in a cemetery with an American flag. In 2020, my opponent sat by and watched as Governor Murphy forced nursing homes to take in COVID-19 patients, resulting in the death of over 8,000 of our seniors. He remained silent as Governor Murphy, with his lockdown and mandates, forced the closing of over one-third of our small businesses, costing New Jersey families thousands of jobs. He has done nothing as seven out of every ten moves are leaving the state, placing a heavier burden on those of us who remain. The Senate President has spent 20 years in Trenton. Higher taxes, increasing debt, and a rising cost of living. We deserve better. New Jersey, 
it's time for a change. So together, let's end single party rule. Vote for me, Edward Dare for Senate. And now he's riding off in his motorcycle with some yard signs that says Jack for governor and Edward Durr for Senate. Very powerful. And that man riding away on his motorcycle is going to be the next state senator from the state of New Jersey. And I want to start paying more attention to local races because local races have more impact on the majority of Americans than national races when it comes to areas like state senate when they make legislation for the entire state so i'm very excited that he's going to win um i i hope he's successful in his run i hope once all the votes are counted legally he will be the winner and he will help fix new jersey because i'm i'm very excited for him to help win, uh, fix New Jersey, because New Jersey needs some fixing, especially knowing that they had a chance for a conservative, patriotic governor, and they decided to go back with with Phil Murphy, which I could talk about Phil Murphy, but like very disrespectfully when it comes to, like his looks, because he does look kind of kind of odd to me. But you know, you can't control your looks as much as you can your policy, and his policy is just as bad. So we're going to attack some of his policy as well here on the show. And I'm, I'm talking about what we do on the show here, just in case we have some new listeners, because I have been gaining some followers here on Twitter lately because of all my election night coverage. So if you're new, hi, my name is Josh. This is the Conservative Crusader, and yeah, uh, this, is the, this is the program. We just talk about elections and news and politics and everything you expect me to talk about. But Phil Murphy won by... L- Less than a percentage point. I don't even make a margin for error or a margin of victory in this. This is going to have to go to a recount, I think. I'm expecting this to go to a recount. I'm not quite sure. Donald Trump lost to Joe Biden by 57.33 percentage or 15.93 percentage points. And there was a 15% change in New Jersey. 15%. 15 points. That's more. Then in Virginia, 15 points. Kaya Torelli gained over Phil Murphy. I mean, not really gained. He gained 7.83%, and Murphy fell 7.31%, so it's a 15% margin of change. Are you getting it to why I'm saying there's going to be a conservative revolution? We're going to win in 2024 and we're going to win in 2022. Are you getting why I'm saying that yet? Because we're going to. We we have the numbers on our side. We have the policy on our side. All we need now is for conservative voters who agree in our policy, who agree with us, to get out and vote. And the, the, there's a problem with President Trump, which I'll get into maybe later this episode, I don't know, where he says the elections are rigged, and, and he, he walked that back recently and said that you should vote either way. But he, he could have been the reason we lost these elections, saying that the election, the vote, the uh, voters will be unconfident in our election system if the elections continue to be rigged, yada, yada, which I agree with. The election was rigged against President Trump, but 
You got to get out and vote, guys. You got you got to get out and vote for conservative policy, like they did in the state of New Jersey. Even though they were so so close, they, they could taste freedom. They could taste freedom, and they decided to go with radical liberal Phil Murphy. That's sad. That's very sad. That they were so close, and yet so far away. My name is GOP Josh. This is the Conservative Crusader. We'll be right back after these messages. Stay tuned. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader. For the second half of the episode, we're getting away from elections a little bit. All the numbers from elections, I, I love doing it. I love election night. I love watching and I love staying up to see the red wave that we had in 2021. But it's very, it's a lot. It's a lot, you know? It, I guess we're not staying away from elections because I forgot we have one more election to analyze, which is not an, a, a huge upset that might carry one in OH15, but it's my home district, you know? It's like if I was in New Jersey, I would have covered the New Jersey governor race for an entire episode. I'm going to cover my home district. I'm going to cover a campaign I volunteered for. I'm going to cover a campaign that I I I I prayed for their victory because I did not like Allison Russo. I'm going to talk about this campaign, and so that's what I'm going to do right now. Because if you don't like it, click off the episode. I'm sorry. I I I I, I want to talk about what I want to talk about on my on my show, y'all. Okay. It's not that big of a deal, okay? It's just it's just a small segment. Sixteen point five six. That is the margin of victory for Mike Carey against radical Democrat Allison Russo. As President Trump put it, she would join AOC plus three, which is his version of the squad. It'd be AO3, AOC plus four if Allison Russo was to get in the off, into office. And we knew he was going to win, but what's more important is the margin of victory. So Steve Stivers in 2020 won this race. He was a former representative of the district, if you were unaware, against Joel Newby, who was, who was pretty similar to Allison Russo in policy, by about 26.86%. President Trump won this district against Joe Biden by about 14%. Mike Carey outperformed Trump by about 2.5% and underperformed Stivers by by about 10%, about 10.3%. So this says something about Trump policy. Mike Carey was enthusiastically endorsed by President Trump. If you weren't aware, he was very endorsed by President Trump. And he had very similar policy to Trump. He had very similar campaign um, aspects, not aspects, but very similar campaigns to President Trump. He ran on the same America First policies on energy independence, being a former coal executive. Of course, he ran on energy independence, which is is a good thing. But it shows that Trump, people tied closely to Trump are not going to win by the same margin moderates do. 
And that's fine because, especially in these deep red districts, a red plus nine district, according to the political reports. And he won by 16. That's a pretty large margin. But looking back at Mike Carey's campaign, and I do want to say that I may have his poster on my wall. I may wear a T-shirt. I may go to a couple of his events. I am not a representative of the Carey for Congress campaign. I'm not a representative of any campaign, any time. Well, I was last year technically, but I really didn't. I didn't speak on behalf of the campaign. I just worked for a campaign. Mike Carey's yard signs for the primary said endorsed by President Trump. Not not a big problem for a primary. And it was smart for him to move away from the Trump the Trump uh endorsements for the for the general. He didn't need it as much to appeal to moderates and Democrats, obviously. But the the Trump endorsement was still tied to him. And respect to Allison Russo. Uh, she ran terribly negative ads. She was very disrespectful to Mike Carey in her commercials, lying about him. But she didn't tie him to Trump and say that he is an election conspiracy, uh, election conspiracy, an election con- conspiracy theorist. I was trying to put conspiracy and theorists together. That didn't work out very well. She didn't tie him to being an electric election conspiracy theorist. She just put together fake ties to a bill in the state house that he had no effect on. But anyways, Mike Carey won by about 16%, which is just 2.5% more than President Trump in a special election with Joe Biden in office. Not the best turnout, to be completely honest, not the best results. I was I was thinking he would win by about 7, so he did better than I expected. But I also thought he was going to win by about 20 on election night. So he was kind of right in the middle there, which he ran a great campaign. He had a great team behind him, props to the entire Carry for Congress campaign who made me feel welcomed going to your events, going out, knocking doors, making phone calls. Thank you for making me feel welcomed if you guys are out there listening to this. It was truly appreciated, and I really enjoyed doing it. That's that's what that's all I wanted to mention about that race is that he won by about 16%, which is a very good margin, I think, a very, a very good margin. Now we're going to get into the vaccine news, which we usually start with, and I was going to load a song onto my Roadcaster Pro about vaccines. I don't even know what all these buttons do. Is this like a laughter, isn't it? Yeah, laughing. I'm laughing at the parents. Oh, wrong button. Laughing at the parents who are getting their children vaccinated from COVID. Laughing. CDC recommends Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine for kids ages 5 to 11. Shots expected to roll out this week. Children ages 5 to 11 are now eligible for the Pfizer Biotech COVID-19 vaccine after the director of the Center for Disease Control and Prevention signed off Tuesday night on an expert panel recommendation. Children in this age group should begin getting shots as soon as possible this week as health providers can start vaccinating them as soon as possible, the CDC said in a release. Last week, the FDA authorized Pfizer and BioTech's vaccine for children ages 5 to 11 after the CDC recommendation now clears the vaccine for those ages. Children are not a severe spreader of COVID-19, and even if they are, this vaccine doesn't stop that. If you are listening to this episode and you have young children, ages 5 to 11 or ages 5 to 18, and you are thinking about getting your child vaccinated, don't do it. Don't do it. It's not going to help you. It's not going to help your child. It's not going to help. It's not going to help your grandparents. It's not going to help you stop spreading COVID. It's not going to do anything for these children these, this age. 
It's just going to put fear or remove some fear from the people who are giving the vaccine and for the people who want to remove that fear, quote-unquote. And I don't think it's a a, a uh, severe issue for children to get vaccinated from COVID. I don't think it's, it should be a priority. Just like I don't think it should be a priority to get three doses if you're 65 years old. Um, and they're recommending booster shots. It's, it's, it's a joke. It's a severe joke, in my opinion. I, I, I just don't understand why you would get your ch- child vaccinated a... a, a a five-year-old vaccinated from a virus that not even 600 five-year-olds have died from? Not, e- not even 600, not even 600 zero to 18-year-olds have died from COVID as of the time of this recording. Why would you get your child vaccinated? Uh, that, that's an open question. So if you go to anchor.fm slash the conservative crusader or go to gopjosh.com slash show slash show and click on the conservative crusader, I'm going to go to that right now because I'm going to walk you guys through this. You can leave a message for me to play on the show. You're on the page here. It says The Conservative Crusader by GOPJosh.com. Click the word message. Uh, it'll lead you through. I can't do it myself because I'm on my account. It'll lead you through leaving me a voice message. Tell me why you're getting your five-year-old vaccinated. Please put your name in your state You, you just, just so I can address you properly. And if you want to do it via email, provide the same information to Josh at GOPJosh.com. Why would you get a five-year-old vaccinated? That That is my question for you today. Josh.GOPJosh.com slash show or Josh.GOPJosh.com for my email and the conservative crusader, uh, anchor.fm slash the conservative crusader on uh, for a voice message. And I also want to uh, ask you to rate this podcast five stars on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on Stitcher, wherever you can rate five stars. And make sure you're subscribed, because we have new episodes coming out occasionally, about once a week. And for gun rights, the Supreme Court hears argument on New York gun law. On Wednesday, the Supreme Court heard arguments regarding a New York gun law potentially paving the way for a decision in favor of Second Amendment rights. As reported by the Wall Street Journal, during, Wall Street Journal, during, during two hours of oral arguments, the court was re- uh, receptive to claims from gun owners at New York uh, abrogated the Second Amendment with its 1911 law conditioning concealed weapons license on good moral character and proper cause. Less clear was what limits on weapons access to the court would let lawmakers impose. The Supreme Court precedent allows reasonable regulation of gun rights, but to date the court has provided little clarity beyond affirming restrictions on sensitive places such as schools and courthouses. Supporters of the gun rights state uh, state that their Second Amendment rights are weakened by the process in New York for giving out concealed carry weapons or license. You, you have to uh, pretty much ask, you have to give them a reason why you want to carry a gun, which directly infringes on the Second Amendment. And this isn't really a big story because we don't have results yet, but I will, ca- I will cover that as soon as we have those results out here on the Conservative Crusader. That's about it for this week's episode. I don't have a lot to talk about, really. I was too caught up in the elections to write a lot, to research a lot. I was just very caught up in this. Let's hope Kaya Torelli can pull it off. Let's hope Ed Durr can pull it off. Thank goodness Virginia elected a Republican. Thank goodness Mike Carey will be on Congress. My name is GOP Josh. This is the Conservative Crusader broadcasting uh, on GOPJosh.com slash show. 
My name is GOP Josh. Like I said, GOPJosh.com. Josh at GOPJosh.com. Anchor.fm slash the Conservative Crusader. Uh, Twitter at GOPJosh20. And yeah, this has been the Conservative Crusader. Stay tuned.